I don't know about you guys, but I love pool noodles. My parents do too. They're always taking them down to the pool to float around and sending me pictures of them doing that while it's snowing up here because they live in Florida and it's always warm. It's terrible. Anyway, before you put your noodles away for the winter, here's a tip from Popular Mechanics shop notes section. If you, your spouse, or your teenager tends to open the car door into the garage wall, protect the door with a pool noodle by cutting the noodle so it is split into two half-moon-shaped pieces straight down the center, then gluing it to the wall at the height where the door hits. Voila! No more dings in your car doors. This week's episode took a lot of sweat and tears, mostly from me, Peter Martin, and Kevin Dupsick. About a week ago, the three of us did our first-ever Spartan Super Race at Mountain Creek Resort in Vernon, New Jersey. It was just short of 10 miles, up and down muddy single-track paths with walls and nets. We finished, but I wouldn't say we were competitive by any stretch. That's why we called Mark Merchant. He's a multi-time Spartan and death race finisher, I mean, come on, who is also a trainer at AS1 Fitness in Manhattan. We asked him to stop by and teach us how to really train for a mud race. Also this week, I try out a new pair of Gore-Tex sneakers, and half the staff gets together to try a scotch tasting with Amazon Echo and Google Home, with disastrous results. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, this is the most useful podcast ever, and I hope you guys have been doing your cardio. This week's episode is going to include a lot of burpees. So our guest today is Mark Merchant of As One Fitness, um, and you are a friend of, of Peter Martin's, is that correct? I am, I am. A, a trainer of Peter Martin's. Tra- oh, I see, okay. <laughs> and there's right. a lot of tension we- in that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the reason you're here is that uh, Kevin and Peter and I, who are all here today, just did a Spartan race the Ooh. other week. Oh, uh, congratulations. Thank you. And yeah. we heard you're the expert on how well. to do these things. <laughs> we should also qualify Mark by saying Mark does a ton of Spartan races. Mark also did something called the Death Race a few years ago. What is that? Which is a Spartan race. Is, it, is that a version of the Spartan it race? It was. It was. Right now they've, well, oh, it's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but. but that was yeah. a thing that takes place. So it's a full day, right? And you. Uh, well, it started out at anywhere between 48 and oh. 60, 68 hours. So, oh my yeah, God! Yeah. In the winter, right? Like up in the mountains in Vermont. They have a winter. They had a winter death race, yeah. and the, this one was in the, uh, June. Okay, but I remember when you for, did it. Vermont, ten sure. percent of people finished, or some, some, some. Yeah, it's incredibly a, small number. Do people die? Like, is it a real? <laughs> death it's a real race? death race. <laughs> 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 that's that's how they weed them out. No, it. it uh, you know what it is? Is that it's not only a physical challenge, but it's the mental challenge that they have with it. So they don't they don't tell you the course. They uh, give you a bunch of stuff that they want you to, to take take with you, whether you'll use it or not. So your your pack could weigh anywhere between 60, 70 pounds, gets wet, goes to 80, 90. They give you a log to carry. And you go from one place to the next, and, and they may have an obstacle there for you, or they may not. So right, when I came out, uh, I came out, it was like uh, 30, 32 hours into it. And it was in the middle of the night, and I came out, and the guy points over to this pile of logs. He goes, "Go split those." And it was, it was probably, I mean, I, it was at least it looked like a cord of wood. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. You sure that wasn't just like you you wandered onto like a farmer's property? <laughs> yeah. and he, he's like, "Let me get this He's guy. like, "This guy looks big." <laughs> What's yeah. the worst obstacle you've ever had to do? I don't really mind if it's put in front of me. I'll typically do it, but. The one, I'll tell you what, in the race, the death race, I would say that this was the moment, this is where I doubted myself. And it was a barbed wire crawl. It was in the middle of the night in a deluge. And my backpack, I swear to you, was at about 90 pounds at that point. And we were, it was a deluge. And they had set the barbed wire crawl, what seemed like 
100, 150 yards, and there was a ravine in the middle. The w only way you could get underneath the barbed wire easily, or easily, uh, you know. It's not like any of this word. is Relatively. The last word is to go up this ravine where all the water was rushing down. And so in order to get the backpack underneath the barbed wire, I tied it to a rope and dragged it. So I was army crawl up in the ravine with the rushing water. And the, uh, I, I started off on this thing, and I'm like, there I go. I'm going to do it. Here I go. It's middle of the night, 2 a.m. in the morning, easily. And uh, it was right before I got back to the wood. We were on my way back to go cut the wood, uh, split the wood. <laughs> and so, so I, I'm, headed up, I, I'm headed up this ravine, and it's taken forever. And there's moments of doubt where I stand up in the middle of the night. There's nobody around. I could just get up and walk around this thing. What am I doing? This is crazy. I'm like, I'm like Peter. This is stupid. I'm, I'm not having fun. <laughs> right. And so, so I, I get back. I, I get through it. I have those. I have like two or three moments. I overcome them. I get to the top. I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. Start putting stuff around. And I look down, and two guys are walking around the outer edge of the of the of the obstacle. And I have this. Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I, are you kidding me? And I say to the guys, I say, guys, you're supposed to go up the bar. Why? He said, there's nobody out here. Why would I do that? <laughs> I don't so. understand why somebody with that attitude would even sign up for a that race called Death it. Race. Yeah, 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 that's part of it is it's like, why, you know, once you get in, you can't cheat. Yeah, yeah. But is that cheating or being resourceful? You're well, not. Well, in, you're on the end. So funny story. Did you tell on them? I did. I said. <laughs> I, I went back. I waited till the end of the, end of, to the next day, and I sent them a note. I tried to talk to the, the guys that run it. Uh, that and I sent them a note. I said, "Listen, I think you're onto something here, but let me tell you something. You need marshals out there to make sure people do this stuff." The guy writes back. He says, "Yeah, I gotcha." He said, "It's not. A, it's not a race against everybody else. It's a race against yourself." Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So if those guys want to cheat and do it, then and they're fine with it, cool. Knock yourself out. Right. So. Yeah, they'll always know when they go to bed at night that they skipped that ravine. Yeah, yeah. In yeah the and they the saw night. this other poor sucker standing up there yeah. Yeah. Who, who bought in. Yeah. <laughs> it did occur to me for three seconds I would be disappointed to not share that moment with you guys, and then I got through it. So. <laughs> you were able to squash it and yeah. put it, yeah. repress it. Way we down. almost did. It was kind of a bonding experience. We almost did hel hold hands at the very end to slide through the <laughs> mud. We did not, but, <laughs> but we thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. in terms of advice, I mean, we f we finished. I think that's about as right. well as we can say for ourselves. That's, yeah, that's generous. <laughs> that's um, for, for the first one, that's what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And what are what's some advice on you know how to dress how to let's just start with how to dress. Okay, well you know you got to take got to take into account what time of year you're gonna what time you're doing the race, um, but it needs to be wicking material, something that's gonna dry well, dry quickly. You don't want it to you know if it's cotton, it's just gonna hang on to the water. It makes it makes uh, it, you know it may hang on to the sweat. It just makes it more laborious. Um, so you start with that, and then after that, it's it's kind of up to you. If you like gloves, you know, wearing some of those grip gloves are are great to have because even if they're wet or they're muddy, you can still hang on to the rope. You can hang on to whatever thing you're going to carry. Yeah. And then, then of course, down to footwear. Foot, footwear is probably the most important thing that you're gonna that you want to spend some money on. You know, if you have. Any of the trail running shoes is a good start, and then. But now, since the, the since the the mud races, the obstacle races have taken off, a lot of these companies have put out you know very specific fo footwear you know with cleats on it that can grip the mud. And, and you know it's a lot e it's a lot a lot easier going if you're not slipping and sliding while you're going up and down a muddy trail right. or off trail. So. Right. 
Yeah, I would actually say just from my own experience that uh, tight, tighter pants seems, or like running <laughs> right. tights seem better because I had some kind of like floppy pants on. And by the end, they just were so full of mud that I was like yeah. dragging around an extra pound of mud and then slipping under my shoes sometimes. And we oh, kept wow. having to take them off of trees and branches. Yeah, they snag exactly. Them for you. And the barbed wire, you know, tighter, tighter clothing's a little better. Yep. Yeah, you're not going to snag on the barb. Yeah. So. Um, do you guys have any questions about specific obstacles that you had a tough time well, with? Yeah, Kevin and I were actually talking to Mark a little before we started this about the one that, I don't know, Jackie, how you felt about it, but I certainly hated it the most. Um, the Atlas. Is that the Atlas <laughs> yeah, carry? Atlas yeah, Atlas carry. But that was a big cement, cement ball. It was maybe 16 inches across uh-huh. um, and just sitting in a hole in the mud. And right, you have right. to try to squat down and pick it up. And I couldn't and get it off the ground. And then walk. And then walk. Right. Right. Oh, and then you have to do burpees <clears throat> and then carry it back. Right. Yeah. But I found right. the easiest, like, once I got it up, it was fine. I could walk over, no big deal. I could not get it off the ground, though. It, it was pitted and everything, and I couldn't. And it wasn't that heavy. We talked about this. You guessed maybe 80 to 100 pounds. Yeah. Um, which I should be able to certainly deadlift or squat right, either right. way. And I couldn't get my fingers under it. I couldn't. I had to bend my back in a way that I've been taught always so to avoid. So one of the greatest uh, exercises that you can do to prepare for the Atlas Stone is this thing called a Zerker deadlift or a Zerker squat. And what it is, it's very painful, but <laughs> yeah. sounds rough. Yeah. Right already, yeah. I already, yeah. you 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 basically put the cre- the bar in the crease of the arms, and that way you're forced to hold this weight in front of the body in very much the similar fashion as you would with the uh, as you would with the stone. And you can you know you can bend down, you can squat with it, you can do a deadlift with it, you can walk with it in in this position. Wow, yeah. that sounds horrible. But I always <laughs> thought I thought people were doing that because their grip strength gave out. On if a deadlift and your hands were too weak right. to hold on to it, but that's just to try it a different that, way. That's it, not because it, because of how it sits in the arm, it really forces that upper back to work a lot harder, and that's okay. exactly what's what you're doing when you're holding that that atlas stone. The arm, the, your arms are pulled forward. You're, you've got this large ball crushing your rib cage and your breathing, and it's and that's exactly what the zerker will will mimic. The only thing the zerker won't do for you is it won't develop that grip to kind of get the ball off the ground. Right. Because, and so you have to do some grip training, and that could be as simple as hanging from the pull-up bar a little bit longer. Uh, there's plenty of gripping implements out there, you know, like a wrist roller or something of that nature. Uh, but for me, it's just hanging. Hang, yeah. hang on a rope, hang on a, hang on a bar. The longer you can do it, the better off you're going to be. Right. The more grip work you do, it'll pay dividends on the race. Right. Because you'll have, in the race, you have that added element of fatigue and right. so you think you can hold on for a long period of time but then all of a sudden you're tired yeah we had the monkey bars for us was like the third to last obstacle yeah. maybe and yeah. i i mean i haven't tried to do monkey bars in a long time and i thought well maybe i can but like i yeah it was like half of a second i held on to the first bar and then i was like all right let's go yeah, yeah. well they did this and one muddy, and, and your hands are cold too what do you do about like is there any way to prevent that kind of cold hands, hypothermia, sort of like claw yeah. hand situation. I just did the Spartan Beast in uh, Killington. And uh, they had us in the water. I think, gosh, how long were we in there? I mean, it probably was 10 minutes of wa- uh, water element. So I took Your 10 worst minutes. nightmare, Peter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the water parts were unnecessary especially in the cold which is this is not it just seems sadistic at a certain point you're like oh come on we could walk along that way and they they were like routing us through a lake for no for seemingly no reason it's not a cool obstacle you're not leaping over something and hoping not to get in the water you're not just like oh walk in this well 
what we affectionately termed feces water because I swear <laughs> there was it was just through sewage. It, it smelled smelly. terrible. It smelled pretty yeah. rough. I think that's why. Uh, I think that's where the appeal is, because <laughs> they they put you through things that you would never ever do on your own. You know, hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take this route through the, uh, <laughs> the middle of the sewage treatment area. So, uh, but the um, we were talking about the cold, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the, be- the best thing to do is you gotta get back working right away. Right. Yeah, you get out of the cold, get back working, and then you'll heat heat up. And then the more that the more pre- prepared you are coming in the more reserve you'll have to rely right. on once you get there. What, uh, speaking of nutrition, what do you eat along one of these things? Well, it depends on the length, right? Okay. So a sprint, I wouldn't even bother. Uh, if they're, you know, I would... Should I we say a sprint's, what, two miles? Yeah, like, would they say three to five or okay. something right, of that right. nature? Yeah, so anything you like we're in, in that hour realm, I think you can get... If you come in well-hydrated, well-fed, it'll get you through the race. Uh, once you go to their super... Now you're getting to a point where uh, now I think they do have some water out there, but I still probably wouldn't eat anything if I came in well prepared. But I would, I'd probably have one of those little, uh, like a, a little bottle on on my person, you know, one of those uh, belt packs, and just carry just so you know if you start to feel for whatever reason, you're starting to feel the energy tank, get a little lightheaded or whatever, you can you know you can get some water in you. Um, and then uh, anything above that, once you start getting into, uh, obviously, the, the beast distance or the altered beast or anything of that, you need to carry the whole shebang. And you're looking at, you know, a good rule of thumb is anywhere between 18 and 24 ounces of water per hour and somewhere in the 100 to 300 calorie range uh, of food. Anything over two or three hours, you're, you're going to be depleted and you're going to start cramping and but what was happening up at, at the Beast, even after all this time that they've been running it, uh, people get a little cavalier, and Spartan, Spartan has been putting out water stations, so people have stopped carrying water, but the other thing that they've done is they've stopped carrying food. Uh, so I was coming down, the, this guy came flying by me at the end of the, towards the end of the race downhill, and uh, so I just want to say I had a knee replacement, and I did the Spartan Beast by the way. So that's the only reason why that guy came flying that's down the road <laughs> and passed me. <laughs> so so he, he came flying down. I was like, wow, that guy's he's looking good. And we get down to the bottom, and now we got to do that log carry where you put a log on your shoulder, go up and around you know, a, a course there. And about halfway up, I hear this man screaming at the top of his lungs, screaming, I mean, in pain. And uh, I thought, what the heck is going on? And I'm getting closer, and I hear this guy, and he is full-on cramped up. I think every muscle in his lower <laughs> body is in a full-on cramp. Oh, he can't move. God. He is locked wow. down. And uh, so, you know, I had some goose on me. I said, hey, buddy, you want anything? He said, no, no, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. I said, all right. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went on my way. And I'll tell you what, he tried to pick that thing up, started moving again, started cramping up again. I don't even know if he was able to finish the race. And he probably had a half mile to a mile to go. Oh, man. So that's nutrition. That's nutrition. Yeah, so I, I started camping probably two-thirds of the way through or something, and there was a most of the obstacles that were left at that point, I was it was just my legs, and it wasn't too bad, but there was like a wall climb where I just couldn't get my leg up right. overall without locking up. Do you just have to get some water and get a goo or something and wait for everything to bounce out, or is there anything else you can do once uh, you started cramping? Yeah, I mean, the, the, best thing, the best thing to do is try to get some food in you right away. Um, you can try some gentle, gentle stretching to see if you can't get that relax and relaxation signal back in there. I mean, because that's what the cramping does. It just muscle tightens up and it's just not going to let go. 
And so you can try to try to relax it and get it to let go, and then you can move on. I want to, as a person who has trained at, as one, mm-hmm. I want to, for the record, tell Mark that I did the monkey bars and the rope. And That's true. Just because Peter I don't want to let him down. Peter Martin beasted the monkey Thanks. bars so, and the rope. Just, that is accurate, uh, uh, which I the next day said was, was very <laughs> impressive. Although you did skip the, uh, you did skip one of the. Oh, stupid! That wasn't uphill, a feat of strength. Under wire, uh, the or mud. Under the, what was it? Uh, it was, it oh, was it through like submerged. pots of mud. I did the final submerge. <laughs> I didn't no, no, want no. to. It was like the wire crawl. The barbed, the barbed wire. wire. I did crawl. the first barbed wire crawl, and I thought, this is dumb. I'm not having fun. <laughs> and the second one, it was through holes of mud. That's core strength, <laughs> so, Peter. So, and Peter, don't sign up for the death race. I, <laughs> I don't think I have the, the... Mentally, I was just like, oh, no, thank you. Well, now the real test is there's another one coming in the spring, mm-hmm. maybe? But that's at, a sprint. At Field. I think we that's can handle that. So we'll... Uh, the sprint, now in the city field, you're going to want to hit the stairs. Yeah. Because that's up and down oh, stairs. Right. You're going up and down. Oh. A little, a few more, you know, the obstacles are a lot closer together. So you want to, you probably want to focus a little bit more on, on, uh, on the strength aspect of it, you know, to, you know, but again, with that one, you got to be careful the time you go because it's, it looks like an ant farm. Right. You know, you, right. you uh-huh. just bottlenecks right up. So think about, you know, when's a good time to go that you could actually run the course without, with, not too much interference. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for coming and Absolutely. telling us all about that. I'm sure. inspired to work out. We're going to go work out right now. <laughs> Should work out as one. As one. As one. As where, one. where is as one? Uh, it's uh, Columbus Circle, West, uh, West oh, so 60th like right and Broadway. Yep. Nice. And I will say it is probably the best and worst workout I've done. <laughs> I've never sweat more than in, in those classes. Uh, so it's We great. will condition you. Is this yeah. your current gym? It is, I'm trying to figure out. We just moved. So okay. <laughs> I was, right. when I lived on the, uh, when I lived closer to work, I was doing it. Now I'm trying to get back in. Um, yeah, it was killing me, but in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. Kevin, we were just talking to Mark Merchant uh, about how he was recommending the shoes are the most important yeah. part. And uh, I wore a really old pair of shoes during the Spartan race that we did because I was like, I'm just going to throw these out. And they yeah. were trail runners, but they were old. And yeah. uh, they were a little slippery. I was a little, I was a little nervous I was going to slide and fall. Yeah, I remember you being nervous about sliding <laughs> and falling. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, on the other hand wore a newish pair of shoes. Yeah, I had um, some, I guess they're probably one generation old now, uh, but I got some Brooks Cascadia shoes. I did a trail running story a few months ago, and so I got some to test them then, and I've kept them and still wear them frequently because I like them a lot. Um, But when I was doing research for that trail running story, actually multiple people I talked to said the Cascadia is kind of the classic trail running shoe. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've kind of worn it like... like I went camping a few times this summer where I knew the weather was warm enough and the places where I was going wasn't intense enough to need like hiking boots. Right. Um, so I wore those and they've, they've held up great. And during the Spartan race, I mean, they got soaked and disgusting because we waded through water. Oh, my, I threw but mine But I never felt like I was going to slip and fall. I think they're fantastic shoes. Honestly, I would, I, I like the lightweight, like Nike free style running shoes. Yep. And so I don't wear them because they have more support and they've got like a thicker sole and kind of like more lug chunky sole. But I mean, like they're comfy shoes too. Like I would wear them far more uh, if they weren't kind of specialized. 
they have a new Gore-Tex waterproof shoe. Oh. Um, and I was going to call it in for the Spartan race, and they did, were not releasing it until after the race, which I'm actually That could have helped of, you a lot. I, could, I think it would have. You probably would have been in a better mood for the last hour. I had to walk <laughs> that trail with you. That's probably true. Um, but I, so I ended up getting them in afterward, and I'm glad that mm-hmm. I got them in afterward because they're really cute. They're pink. They're like a... Like a raspberry and gray, which is an yeah. like awesome color combination. Yeah. Um, but I got them in, and I haven't had a chance to run in them in really nasty conditions because I live in Brooklyn. It hasn't really been raining or snowing yet. Yeah. Um, but I did run in them the other night. And I also normally run in super lightweight mm-hmm. shoes, um, like as light as possible. I'm a four-foot striker, and I, I don't like to have a lot of bulk. And these ones, the minute I, I don't know if you've ever had this experience before, you put them on and it feels almost like a car that wants to go. Like you, you, yeah. you feel it propelling you forward just while you're walking around your house and you're like, oh, this is, you can feel like this is going to be a good right. run and you're excited about it. Um, th- that's the way these felt. And so I guess the way, this is the Cascadia 11 G- GTX, which mm-hmm. is the Gore-Tex version of the shoe that you have. And they were designed with ultra runner Scott Jurek. He did. He won the Western States 100 mile endurance race seven times in a row, which I think is crazy. That's 100 miles through California. I'm I, sure it's so hilly. that race. Okay, so where I am from is near the end of that race. Uh huh. And one you time, see them stumbling out of the woods. I've never watched the race, but one time I was just like looking for some place to go running outside of Sacramento, where I lived. The state, it's the state park, is kind of where the finish line is. So I decided like, oh, I'll just go like run on the trails up there, and it was so exciting. I ran like four miles mm-hmm. and wanted to die and didn't even run the whole time. I hiked part of it. Anytime I hear about these ultra races, I, I've never even done a full marathon, but you and I have both done a couple of halves and imagining doing that nine times over just it makes me want to no, cry. No, not fun. <laughs> um, um, but if you were wearing a Cascadia. But if you were wearing a Cascadia, I mean, the, uh, it, it was a really great shoe. I've run in a lot of shoes and I've liked a lot of them. My The ones that I did the mud race in this time were uh, Vasque hiking mm-hmm. uh, trail runners and they were great at the beginning. I've had them for probably three years now, so they were yeah. a little bit, you know, run down by the end, which is part of why I wore them. Yeah, I've had some good Nikes over the years, and Sauconis were like the one. Is that how you say that? Sauc. I have Sauc- no idea. Sauconi. I've always wondered. It's not Saucony. That's I always That's thought it was. That's what it is in my head. But not. I've never heard anyone say any version of it with authority. Like I, everybody always seems not certain when they say it. So. I called them once, and I remember this was years ago, and I remember them saying that the, the emphasis was on the first one, the, the saw. Okay. So I think it's Sawconi. Feel free to leave us a message and or call in. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've had a few good ones over the years. But honestly, the Brooks Cascadia is, um, I am a very, very impressed with this shoe. Well, so were you in a wet environment at all? Did you get a sense of the Gore-Tex? Yeah, I did. I ran, um, so I run in Brooklyn and I ran down Kent Avenue and I normally run on the street, but I mm-hmm. ran a little bit in the in the dirt and the grass and kind of, and I got a sense of the stability of it, less, more, yeah. you know, more of the stability of it and uh, like the rock protection and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause like, there's like broken glass over there. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. It's like trail running, you know, in the inner city, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I am not that Brooklyn's the inner city. Come on. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get as much of a sense of the waterproof bits yet. Yeah. Um, so that'll be an ongoing. I'll have to come back and, and tell you how that worked. But well, was it was good in sweat wicking, though. Like they weren't gross when I was done. So yeah. Well, I was going to say first time I wore them when I was testing them out for the trail running story, I went running um, just north of the city and it rain. It started. It was one of those like summer rains where it like rained really hard mm-hmm. for four minutes, mm-hmm. um, and then stopped. And I got completely soaked. And they definitely got pretty wet. Um, 
so I can imagine. So I was, I'm curious to hear how the Gore-Tex works out, like how much protection you think it affords. Also, that Spartan race, like I wore them for that and they got soaked, but I can't imagine the Gore-Tex keeping all the feces water That's, out. Right. Yeah. That's the thing is that there's certain a certain level of water that I think is just nothing unless you're wearing a plastic bag is right. staying that. Which people do actually. People, you know, they duct tape their shoes, right, or, and, or they'll or something. right, or yeah. they'll wrap them with with. Um, plastic bags and tape them off which that sounds like you're gonna slip on your butt immediately yeah. but um but i you know i did the five row bike tour earlier this year which is a 40 mile bike race through all five boroughs of new york city over a bunch of bridges and it was raining pretty hard yeah. and i wore a waterproof rain jacket uh that i'll tell you after a couple of hours was not particularly waterproof. yeah i can imagine it being great for like if you go running after a rain where there's like puddles yep. around or like if you're in the morning when there's a lot of like dew so like everything's like the grass is kind of damp yeah because they are like the traction is is really impressive and the stability that's what everybody said was the reason why they have kind of been the classic shoe for a while right. is that they're you just always feel like you're in control right on the trail and uh yeah in those environments where it's like a little bit wet i could see it being less of a compromise if yeah. you have the gore-tex liner i'm actually gonna try i'm gonna try it this winter and i'll check back in with our podcast when we get there because uh, for me, I don't run outside in the winter because I'm always afraid of slipping on ice yeah. and or snow and or wet something yeah. and breaking my body in some terrible way. So I think uh, having something that purports to have great grip. This is, you know, I know my rule of thumb for running outside in the mm. winter. What is that? Because I like running outside in the winter and I still go in Central Park after work in the uh -huh. winter. Uh -huh. You want to step any place where it makes a crunching sound. So like if it's ice that's like brittle and it crunches under your feet, you won't slide on it. Yep. And if like uh, if the leaves are wet and soaked through, then those will slide. But if they're still like dry enough to crinkle under your feet, oh. then you're okay. So as long as there's crunch, well, crunchy crunchiness sounds like, yeah, friction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean uh -huh. that's I mean that's how I tell it to myself. That's, that's the Kevin Dupsick. But yeah, uh, so I realized that at some point. So now like if I'm running and it's if it's light enough that I can still see, which if I run in Central Park after work, not usually, but mm -hmm. I try and look for stuff that seems like brittle and crunchy. Huh. And I don't fall down. All right, that's brilliant. Thank Let's you. try it. Alex George, our tech editor, is here with um, gadgets. How did this happen? For anybody who's not in the industry, whenever a tech product comes out, companies like Google or Amazon will hire a PR firm to generally, or have their own PR people, uh, public relations people, send stuff to editors like us to try out, ideally in a situation like this. Right. These, you guys have had this too, right? Things oh yeah, we have uh, we have James Lynch and Matt Allen here as well. That's Matt Allen's our new senior editor. Welcome to the. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Sorry, you're being talked over by uh, Alexa or one of the. Which one's talking over him? That's Google in the background. That would, that we, would be uh, Google. We've, we've uh, quieted her down for a second. Yeah, and then James Lynch, who uh, famously tested our scary what was it Halloween app. Yeah, hoping for uh, greater success on my part in this in this episode. <laughs> Um, so this one came with fancy scotch, I'm told. Correct. So this is for the uh, Amazon Echo, which is, it's been out for a little while now. It's a always-on speaker that you activate with the command Alexa. Oh, see, so you, you can't, can't actually say, can't it say it because it. it'll well, We should it. come up with some other thing. Alexa. Pot so POTUS. POTUS. No, hey, hey, no, no politics jokes in here. So you activate. It has an always-on microphone. It's connected to Wi-Fi. You say a num uh, its name to activate it. A-L-E-X-A -E is a typical one that okay. it's defaulted to. Oh, it's like having a dog. Yes. We're going to go in the C-A-R. Or on a W-A-L-K, that kind of thing. <laughs> so you, have it, you activate it with this command, and then you ask it things like, 
what the weather is. Amazon has opened it up to include things like uh, to let you call an Uber, to play Spotify, not just Amazon streaming um, oh. music. Uh, and guys I know who kind of modify computers and stuff like that, they really like it. It's not... They like building stuff with it because it's not like an Apple device or something like that. It's very kind of secure and doesn't let people do it uh, okay. too much with it. The other one we have here is the Google Home, which is Google's version of that. Um, is that new too? Correct, yeah. Okay. That one's new. So we, uh, today, the, excuse, the reason for talking about all this is that, uh, so both of them are out now. Amazon, so the PR for Amazon has sent us Johnny Walker Black Label, Red Label, and Blue Label, little... Bigger than airplane bottles of each. Yeah, those are like sizable bottles. Which links up to some Johnny Walker a guided tasting of all of them. Okay. So we're gonna catch a buzz for a little bit. And then we're gonna and then so then after we do that, we're gonna ask questions of both of them and see how they do against each other. Yeah, and see how they tolerate my, you know, potentially slurred speech and all that. What your name is Alex though, so if what if I go Alex, uh Oh, it nope. didn't work. Wow. It's oh, good. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. Serious. Okay. okay. All right. So, Matt, you're going to help ev- us evaluate the guided tasting capabilities of this device here. Actually, this would be a good test. If you, So, you're sitting across the room. I got the echo behind me. Tell me. All right. So, you're going to open this. This is the provocation to get the thing going, the prompt to get the tasting going. I'll hold the microphone closer to her. All ready? Alexa, enable Johnny Walker skill. Johnny Walker contains mature content that may not be suitable for all ages. I'd hope so. I've enabled it. It may take a minute until you can begin using it. <laughs> to start, just say, Alexa, open Johnny Walker. Alexa, open Johnny Walker. <laughs> so now the blue lights has appeared, which I'm only going to assume means... She's thinking. She's thinking. Mm. She's downloading. But you can cut... That's like a little bit of an indication of... Both the how well it works and the potential frustrations of using something like this. Okay, so um, shall we? Can is she alive or what's going on over there? Let me check on her. Alexa, how do you make a Tom Collins? The recipes or ingredients I found for Tom Collins are gin, carbonated water, and syrup. Okay, so then from there on you go on. But let's see. Alexa, open Johnny Walker. Welcome to the world of Johnny Walker. Nice. I've got two centuries of whiskey wisdom to share, but first I need some ID. What's your birthday? January 14th, 1987. I like whiskey. I like my people aged. In this case, a minimum of 21 years. Check your app for a card with the number one thing you need to know about drinking whiskey. How to do it responsibly. PSA well, from Amazon a, Echo. Good PSA in here. This is important for all of our uh, listeners as well. Enjoy your whiskey responsibly. Totally. Okay. Alexa, enable Johnny Walker. This skill is already enabled. You can use it by saying, Alexa, open Johnny Walker. Alexa, open Johnny Walker. Welcome to the world of Johnny See, now we're already doing laps again. That's so smooth, I'd should have started drinking before we opened Yeah, can we... What's your birthday? January 1st, 1985. Speaking of things that get better with age, let's talk whiskey. Please remember to drink responsibly. What do you want to do today? Choose a label. Buy a bottle. Whiskey 101. Or try a guided tasting. Try a guided tasting. Do you have a bottle of Johnny Walker? Yes. This is a tasting after all. 
Yes. She's very sassy. This is a tasting, Great. after all. <laughs> Which label do you have? I want to see her go through the tasting Red where label. we don't have the whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Nope, don't Red have label. it. <laughs> Grab a glass of ice water, a rocks glass for your whiskey, and some club soda if you have it. This will take under five minutes. Under Are you five. ready? Okay. Pour a little into your glass. We're here to sip, not chug. Whiskey tastes better when you drink it responsibly. First, look at the color of the whiskey to see what flavors to expect. No sipping yet. Lighter means sweeter while darker means richer. Does it look lighter or darker to you? Lighter. <laughs> You're a whiskey genius. Now take a sip. You might taste vanilla mixed with smoke and spice. Which flavor was the strongest? One sec, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you have to make her. She's waiting. She's a I'm robot. an AI, but I don't have ESP. Let's talk about the things I know about. Which flavor was the strongest? Oh, you, oh, Red Label Both was designed guys. to be mixed, <laughs> so it's bold for a reason. Mix it with some club soda and see what you think. Do you like that better? I don't Why know. Why is it skipping ahead? I'm talking about whiskey. Are you sure we're on the same page? <laughs> Do you like that better? Yeah, uh, I, yes. I'm this sure reminds great. me of any taste you'd have with somebody who's already do. consumed all of the whiskey. I told you, I know everything <laughs> about like, whiskey anyway. Stop at Alexa. Now that you're a red label pro, Alexa, you can you step up home. your bartender game with some new cocktails. Yeah, she is pushing us. Would you like the recipe right for like, red and have ginger? Another drink. Get another one. No, I have not tried a red and ginger. <laughs> My AI isn't that advanced yet. Let's stick to what I know. Would you like the recipe for a red and ginger? No. <laughs> Okay, I'm programmed for picky tastes. How about a different cocktail? Or where to buy another bottle? No, thank you. Oh, that's sneaky. Where to One buy another bottle? Down. Yeah. Bet it's More Amazon. To go. <laughs> Would you like to taste another label? Find a different blend or brush up on your Whiskey 101. So taste I another label. Wait, I have a question here, Alex. Alexa. Do you have a... Stop. <laughs> Do you have a bottle of Johnny Walker? Stop yes. Great. All my attention right Which now. Which label do you have? Black. Black label. Great choice. You'll also want a side so glass of ice water and a rocks glass for your whiskey. Save the solo cups for beer pong. Whiskey is more fun when you drink it responsibly. Can I? This will take under five minutes. Are <laughs> you took ready? Thirty seconds. Left. No. Wait, wait, wait. You go get the supplies and I'll just wait here. I'll play some sweet elevator jams while you take some time to set up. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> wait, okay, I have a question. Does she, it's is not she... listening anymore, guys. It's okay. safe. <laughs> I, 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 it's impatient. I feel oppressed. <laughs> like, I really feel oppressed by this machine. I, I feel like it's like demanding all of your attention. And by the way, we're on Amazon now, and you have 40 rolls of paper towel coming to your house tomorrow. <laughs> That's it for this week. Alex is currently trying to tame Alexa, or should I say A-L-E-X-A. Do you want to try a guided tasting or brush up on your Whiskey 101? No. Do you want to try a guided tasting or brush up on your Whiskey 101? No! So we'll be back with our comparison between Alexa and the Google Home next episode. Tune in to find out what happens. In the meantime, the most useful podcast ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Jesse Wright Mendoza. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. I think we're actually up to 13 now, which is pretty impressive. 
If you want to read more about adventure racing and extreme fitness, check out our website, popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening.